0: God, we just thank You that we can have this moment where we come together as a church family, where we can worship, and we can also look at Your Word. We thank you that you're the ultimate gardener and you can prepare the soil of our hearts. Your word is the seed and our hearts the soil. So will you prepare our hearts right now? Will you make it soft so that your word can be planted deep down? That we not only be hearers of your word, but we'd be doers of your word. And we'd see a harvest come into our life. God, we submit to you now. We want to do your will. We resist the devil. We thank you that he has to flee. Pray your protection around us and our children. Pray in this hedge of protection, you'd minister to us, bring breakthrough, you'd lead us, you'd provide for us. We also pray for anyone who's without hope. Pray that you would, by your grace, knock on the door of their heart, draw them unto yourself in Jesus' name. Everyone believe this, it. Said, Amen. Awesome. You guys can take your seats. So good to be at church. Um, and you guys can see our God Can t-shirts. Of course, we are doing our Easter buildup. And Easter's all about what God can do. So we're celebrating this Easter, what God can do, and that our hope is in Christ. So we want to invite you on the journey. And and the God can journey is pretty simple uh, when it comes to you inviting your friend. We always say everyone needs a God can in their life. and, And you need to put what you can do into what God can do. And you can see a miracle happen. So it's pretty simple. All we ask you to do is to fill out one of these God can forms. And you can write out a friend, a colleague, a family member, or somebody on your street, a neighbor, who you want to invite to church. Start praying for them. We, of course, our prayer team, our staff, we pray for them as well. And then um, even as you pray for them, pray that their hearts will be open to the invite. Um, And also just pray that they see God for who He is. And also pray that God would draw those people unto himself. That, that if there's a blindness in a way, the scales would fall off their eyes. So, so pray for their hearts to be soft, to receive the invite. Pray that um, God would prepare their hearts, you know. And, and yeah, just that the, he, they would see God for who he is. And the scales would fall off their eyes. He would draw them unto Himself. So, so I want to encourage you, you can invite them for the Friday service, Easter Friday or Easter Sunday. There's three services here on Easter Friday, four on Easter Sunday. Loads of opportunity. We're also having an Easter egg collection. So we, we have some front of the kids. They get to learn about what happened on Easter weekend, the cross resurrection. And then they, um, of course, also get to have an Easter egg hunt, some fun. Um, and um, yeah, of course, kids and us as well, we're going to learn when we're also having a bit of fun. Uh, People measure everything that was fun or that wasn't fun. Uh, Pretty much like a Man United supporter on Sunday. Hey, it was not fun. But for a Liverpool supporter, it was loads of fun. Hey, God is good. Anyway, listen, I, I don't know if you guys know a lot of Liverpool team, they're Christians. You know, they were baptizing people. Klopp says he builds a team on Christian values. Hey, that's just, I'm not preaching. I'm telling the truth, guys. That's a Christian bad preacher joke. But anyway, if you go look up, but, but I, I know United guys now, at least they open to being seven-day Adventists because of the seven. Yeah, I'm just saying, these are all just truths out there. But um, but anyway, number seven is number of grace. Anyway, it's just weird. Um, <laughs> Um, But don't miss out on what God can do this Easter. Um, And you'll be blown away. What Leanne and I do is we actually buy the person a gift, like a big Easter egg or a Lindt chocolate and we give them the, the, the card and you're going to see next week, we're going to put some cards you can take for, uh, as invitations and, and you must remember your gift makes room for you, it's, a, it's like a principle, you'll see generosity, it, it makes room for you. So just be generous, Invite somebody and, and I've seen it over and over, people come into the life of the church, they open their hearts up to God, they, they get saved, so it's an awesome opportunity uh, for all of us to do that, so, so don't miss out on that opportunity. We're starting a brand new series around our hope in God. And and a lot of us can feel hopeless. You see, I got to travel around um, this week. Uh, I was up in Joburg and Bloom. Um, and we're part of a church planting organization called ARC. And and we, we of course, got to plant the first ARC church in Southern Africa, ARCs um, all around the world. And of course, our, the first ARC church plant was actually Dina and Kelly. Um, but but we've, of course, uh, give to ARC, we empower ARC, and Leanne and I will oversee the Western Cape and really um, just, it's, we're always building away from ourselves, so it's not actually about us it's it's always actually empowering churches it's non, it's, it's cross denomination so it's not it's not a, a, dom, a denomination and so we have all kinds of churches come so i got to be in joburg and Bloom, and and i get it being in different parts of the country, I can see uh, the hope some people carry and how some people feel hopeless. So I've no doubt there's many people who feel hopeless in our nation. Maybe you're sitting here and you feel hopeless. And in this next few weeks, we're gonna look at uh, really where does our hope come from? Uh, how do we keep hope alive? Um, how do we share our hope? Um, um, what steals your hope? Uh, we're also gonna look at um, the, the hope we have in Christ as He entered triumphantly into the city and what that means for us even on Palm Sunday and then Easter weekend, we're finishing our hope series. So don't miss out. If you are feeling hopeless, um, position yourself to, to really uh, hear from the Word how you can be hopeful even in what seems hopeless. So a lot of people are putting their hope in all the wrong things. You know, you look at Job 17 verse 13. He actually asks the question in a way, where is hope? Where he speaks about, you know, people put their hope in all these things. And, and, and I've no doubt many people have got that place where they actually ask, you know, well, where is our hope? How can we have hope? Are, are we just being hyped up? Um, can we have a sure hope? I think we can't have a sure hope when we're putting our hope in temporal things. When your hope's in the temporary, you will be shaken um, and you'll actually put so much at risk. Uh, maybe you'll put your relationship at risk in a temporal thing. Um, you'll put your, uh, your emotions at risk. You'll put your mental health at risk if you put your hope in a temporary thing. Uh, but if you put your hope in a sure thing, then, then you know what, even when the storm comes, you can still get through that storm. You'll know you won't be lost and, and 1 Timothy 6 verse 17 says, Tell those rich in this world world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God who piles on all the riches we could ever manage to do good, to be rich in helping others, to be extravagant, extravagantly generous. If they do that, they'll build a treasury that will last, gaining life that is truly life. Of course, other versions of the Scripture says, tell those who you know, are, are rich in this world not to put their hope in, in wealth. Year today, gone tomorrow. And He then focuses on, on the eternal. Um, maybe you've put your hope in temporary things that, that used to be in your life, and you talk about it. I remember when I used to have that, or when this was um, sort of settled in my life, and, but it's gone now, and I feel shaken. Of course, we see from this principle that if we can have eternal eyes, we're probably going to be content in the, the temporary. Uh, we're not going to be shaken. We're not going to go, my hope's gone. No, no, no. My hope's always been in Christ. Um, um, my, my eyes have been focused on heaven. Um, I haven't just been building in the temporary. I've actually been building in the eternal where moth and rust can't touch it. Uh, my life, um, my investments are great. Well, where are they? Well, they, they're in Christ. They're in heaven. They're in building his kingdom. Of course, you might be getting, My, my hope's been uncertain. And actually, I haven't actually known there's the, the eternal. I've actually only focused my life on what's temporary. Romans 15, verse 13 says, May. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The New King James Version says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. There's something powerful that happens in your life as you believe in Him. The God of hope starts to fill you with joy and peace and there's this there's this overflow from believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants to fill you with peace. God wants to fill you with the joy. And He is the God of hope who wants to do this as you believe in Him. You know, always think of that that gentleman in the Bible, you know, um, you know, I can do this, nothing's impossible. And he, like he asked Jesus, like can you do this? And Jesus like answers, can I? Yes. And the guy says, well, you help me to overcome my unbelief. And Jesus is totally open to helping you overcome those moments where you don't believe. And if you can just now direct your, your belief and your hope in Him, there's something supernatural that can open up to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I believe, is the only hope of the world. I need to say, Andre, don't get distracted. You need to put your eyes on Him. You need to keep your eyes on Jesus. Why? Well, without hope, so much is lost and we struggle to thrive in this life. Of course, if you're in business, hope is essential to creativity. Creativity. When you feel hopeless, you'll be less creative. You're not gonna actually think about your work as well. But as you hope in Christ, you'll always believe for a new day and even the way you do work. Of course, works from God It was year before sin. It's actually a gift from God that He wants to partner. He wants to be a partner with you. He wants you to be yoked to Him. And as we hope in Him, there's creativity. Without hope, we don't think there's a better day coming. And when you don't think there's a better day for your marriage, for your children, for your work, for this nation, that's dangerous. But I promise you, as you focus on Christ, you won't just try to survive or deteriorate. You're going to have oxygen in your lungs. Hope is like oxygen in your lungs. You can breathe again. And I believe everyone needs it. You guys would have heard this line, said it for years, no hope in the future, no power in the present. No hope in the future, no power in the present. You need hope now because you need to be revitalized. But there are many storms. Maybe you've had a physical storm. Our world in a way had a physical storm with COVID, hey. You know what I mean, we, we, we were very aware of the physical and so much other things happened, but, but you might be going through a physical storm. And I pray that even in this, you would hope in Christ, because we see in the Bible, Jesus told the storms what to do. Maybe you're going through an emotional storm. You're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling anxious. Jesus knows how to handle an emotional storm. Maybe you're going through a spiritual storm. You're seeing your relationship with God. You're disconnected. You you feel like you're in a storm. Maybe you're seeing your children go through a spiritual storm. Jesus knows how to handle storms. But if you don't go to Him, storms can cause you to drift. Drift from your calling. Drift from decisions you've even made front end of the year. I encourage you, to not let these storms cause you to drift away from God. You need to let these storms cause you to push into God. Storms can cause you to to discard what you used to value. We see that. Even Paul in a storm, they had all these food and all these things on the ship, things that are valuable. They they say, let's throw that overboard. Why? Because it's not as valuable anymore. So there's actually also sometimes a blessing in the storm because you actually see what's valuable. My marriage is actually too valuable for me to get distracted in the storm. My children are too valuable. My relation with God is way too valuable. Maybe you just got distracted and that's why you're in a storm. You just got caught up in this life and the storms are actually allowing you to see what's important. But storms can also cause despair. And all of a sudden you're not, you don't have that vibrancy anymore. Because we see Jesus calms the storm. Matthew 4 verse 39, then he ro- arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? But what was the greater miracle? That Jesus told the storm to stop? or that He stopped the storm in their life. I think the greater miracle is when Jesus brings peace into our heart. Because in this life, you will have trouble. You and I can't be obsessed with storms stopping. We have to become focused on the Savior of the world being our peace no matter what the storm. It has to be about what He's doing on the inside of our heart. It has to be an inside job. That needs to be our focus. God, I don't want to just get to good times. I want to have peace no matter what I go through. I want to have my confidence in you. I want to grow in character. I want to grow in hope. I want my hope to be on you because if that is on you, then I'm building my life on a rock. And even as the world is shaken, I will not be shaken because I'm connected to what cannot be moved. God, I want to be grounded in you. Years back, um, I used to surf ski. I used to paddle out to Robben Island back, and sometimes after the lighthouse at Mullerton. This was before I was married, so um, I used to surf ski, surf all. Monday is my day off. I used to try to do six hours in the water. Um, it was just my down like I know. Um, and and so, um, fair enough. When I got married, the aunt did her government service. So whenever she was on call, I would fit, like have my board and I would know, just surf and. Um, yeah, anyway, I don't know why I'm telling you that, so I just did all those things. I was trying to show off. I remember when I was fit. Anyway, so the one day I used to love it. I love it when you had a report that the waves are big. Um, so they had this thing, don't go out in small crafts. So I phoned my friend uh, Quentin, I said, Hey, the waves are big, do you wanna go out? He's like, okay, I said, We'll go, we'll go via, we'll set it small bay, big because bay, normally there's a lull there and we'll go across. We'll wait. So we waited, we waited, and we went across. And the the, the swell was so big, we actually couldn't see each other. We were indifferent, like dips, paddling. You're sitting and using your oar. And we got past the islands at Big Bay, and we were heading sort of, not multiple side, but say, um, you I when we were going out, Robin Island would be on the left, would on the right, and we were going out. And uh, we were talking to each other, pretty much shouting, because it was big. The waves were breaking out there, and out at sea and we were going, it was, it was a lot of fun. And he just said, all right, stop. So I waited, put my, my feet out because of a lot of movement. And I said, what's up? He says, this boat is just so heavy. I can't, uh, if we carry on, the, uh, this thing's gonna sink. Clearly there was a leak. So we, we paddled back um, to, uh, we waited and we got out there by Small Bay, Big Bay. And just, we just threw so much of the ocean out of that surf ski. And the only thing that stopped us was the water that got into his boat. It wasn't actually the storm. If he didn't have a leak, we would have carried on for a long time. We would have paddled and paddled, and we had enough experience. Uh, we knew how to handle that situation. But the problem was what, what's getting into the boat. And it's not the storms that you're going through that are going to be a problem. It's the storm that's happening in your heart. That's your problem. But God, He can sort that out. He can sort those storms out. He can help you build on the unshakable, immovable rock that is Christ. And I want to ask you, are you making the most of your storms? Are you learning to dig deeper into God? I do think if you're going to lead your mom or dad, you're going to lead in business. You're going to lead in this life. There are going to be seasons where God teaches you how to lead in a storm. Teaches how, how to get grounded. Don't walk away from these opportunities. You're going to learn so much. So Hebrews 6 says, verse 18, So God has given both His promise and His oath. I love that. It's, he's doubled up. He, he's, he's saying this is a sure bet. These two things are unchangeable because it's impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to Him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. So you and I are connected to a promise, a double promise. We're connected to Christ when we give our lives to Christ. We're so sure of our future, we've, we've thrown our anchor into Christ, and Christ has taken our anchor into the inner sanctuary. It's like you and I are connected to heaven already. If you ever wanna find out where your anchor is and if you were pulling on that rope that's connected to your anchor, you'd always be pulling up because your hope's in heaven. It's a sure hope. You and I, as we journey through this life, if we stay in hope, we're on our way to our victory in Christ. We're on our way to eternity. Our hope hasn't, we haven't thrown our anchor down to the depths, which of course any person who has a boat understands they must do. Our anchor is in Christ. It's strong, it's trustworthy. Of course, anyone who, who, who has a boat or ever thrown an anchor out, of course your goal is to connect it to what's not moving. Because the water's moving, things are moving. You have to throw your anchor into what's settled. Jesus has settled what happened on the cross. He says, it is finished. We throw our our anchor into what's finished. We throw it into the settled work of Christ. He's done it. He's paid the price for our sins. He says, you can also live forever in heaven. It's a victory. We throw our anchor into Him. And then we navigate a world that's changing. So of course, you need to be connected to something that's not moving. Uh, when, we, when we put our hope in, in God, we're moving forward. Uh, we're going higher in a way. Of course, what I understand with airplanes, if they're about to hit some turbulence or an air pocket, of course, I don't know if you've ever experienced it, like you drop. Of course, if a pilot knows that that's there, they go higher, they, they move above those pockets. For people who have hope, it's like we we going higher so i want to give you some keys if you're going to put your hope in Christ number 1 we're anchored when we cultivate God's presence it's so important that you and i spend time in God's presence psalm 91 Verse 1 says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He'll cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. Of course, you and I need to be in God's presence. We need to commune with God. You know, one of the key things for you to be anchored in Christ is just actually putting a worship playlist together. Um, to actually plan to worship God as you're in traffic or you walk along the beach. you Spend time soaking His presence. Have you ever cooked something and that pot, you know, it's going to take some time to clean. And then you've put some water in that pot for it to soak. So that you know, when you do get to it, it's gonna be a bit looser. You might not know how to sort your problems out. You might not know how to get out of that situation. But I promise you, if you soak in His presence, it can't keep its grip. And you know what? God will later on loosen it. And you and I need to know, we might not see the breakthrough today, but that thing is gonna be loosened in Jesus' name. I'm gonna soak in His presence. And so you might not see the answers right now, but you know it's losing its grip on your life. You are soaking in the presence of God. Maybe you're going through such a storm that there's tears. Let those tears go into that pot. Use it to loosen something. Don't waste even that storm. Get into God's presence. Have a good cry. This is just for Man United, guys, right now. Anyway. Now, I know we lost yesterday, but uh, we have to focus on last week rather. Let's not get let's not get distracted. But I think it's a great principle. It, not that, not that. You know what I mean like now? Is it like, but soaking in His presence. Number two, we anchored when we remember God's promise. We don't forget the benefits. He forgives all sins. He heals all diseases. We must not forget the goodness of God. Psalm 119 verse 81. My soul faints with longing for your salvation, but I've put my hope in your word. And maybe you haven't seen the breakthrough, but you're still putting your hope in his word. You're still reading it. You're still feeding yourself. You're still seeing the promises. You're in a hard storm. If you're not putting the word in front of you, I can see why you just carry on living in that hopelessness. But but you need to give yourself a shot. Even as you let the water soak, what needs to be loosened, let your heart stay focused on God's promise. God's promise can be trusted. Don't let your circumstances speak louder than God's words in a way, you quiet that storm. I think once they woke Jesus up in the boat, the storm would have become quieter already because they were saying, well, let's hear what he says. And you and I need to do that for ourselves. We need to go to the Word. And I promise you, the storm will become a bit quieter. Number three, we we're anchored when we understand God's process. Romans 5 verse 2 says, And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Of course, the thing we know is that trouble doesn't build character, but it does reveal it. But as we See where we have to push in. We have an opportunity to push into God again. Have you ever sort of had a braai and then you're not sure the meat's ready? All the good briers are like, no, I know exactly when the meat's ready, bro. For all the other guys who don't know what they're doing, just put your hand up, come on. You, you, you have to cut into it. Hey, cut into the meat to see if it's ready. Guys are looking down on me. You cut in and you go, just a bit longer. The storm reveals where you're at. It's an opportunity to see where you need to go with God. It's not actually an opportunity to just quit or run away. It's always an opportunity to see where you need to push in with your relationship with God. See it as the storm comes, you cut into the meat. Oh, I, need a, I, can, I need to get into his word, I need to get into his presence. My anchor's got loosened. I need to make sure it's back on the rock. If you understand that there's a process, then you end up putting the water in the pot the night before. You put the word in front of you because you know that you're going through this with God. You get up, you wash your face. You don't just stay in bed and roll over. You go for a walk because you know His mercies are new every morning. So there's another day. I'm gonna get up, God's with me. He's, He's gonna, I'm gonna get through this with God. God's purpose is greater than my setback or my storm. I know this, His purpose is greater. So I'm gonna journey with Him. He's gonna teach me so much, I'll cut into the meat, I'll see where it's at, but God wants to use this for my good, why would I waste this process? Why would I sleep in when I could get up and go for a walk with God? And it will do so much for you. If you are feeling hopeless, just wash your face, get up and go for a walk and you'll see your hope will start to rise. Because you remember, even as you journey, as you walk, God is taking you on a journey and you're already connected to Christ. He's not gonna forsake you. You're on your way to heaven. He's gonna teach you something in the storm. It's an opportunity to grow. As you and I have this clarity that God is for us, that we can journey through this and learn from it, I think you, you're throwing the big rocks in. You, you're throwing what creates stability and it gives you clarity. I was supping years back just next to Big Bay Karmas and it was clear. Some of you guys remember the story. I was, I was supping with a guy named Donovan Bassett and he actually ended up, he bodyboarded, he, he did like a few comps in Hawaii. The water was clear. And I said, oh, I love how clear it is today. And he says, you know, why there's a spot that's always clear. I said, why? He says, well, well, the volcanic rocks, they, of course, once they hit the water, they, they get hot, but they're so heavy, they go down and, and they can't be moved. So the water's always clear. There's always clarity because there's something big at the bottom. It's not sand particles. When you're going through your storms, you need something big in your life. That creates clarity. You need your eyes on heaven. You need to know that God's for you. If God's for you, who can be against you? That God is backing you, that, that you've got the cloud of witnesses. You need some big things in your life knowing and it will help you to clearly navigate and learn in that season. Last point. Small anchors hold big ships. I think for me, This gives me great hope. Because you might be sitting here saying, Andre, I've only got a little bit of hope. That's fine. Small anchors hold big ships. It takes a small anchor, come on, if you think about it, to hold a massive ship. If you look at at, at the size of the ship, then you realize, even though the anchor might be big to you if you just saw the anchor, when you see the ship, you realize this anchor is tiny compared to the ship. And right throughout Scripture, we see that if we can have faith, just a little bit of faith, God can do the miraculous. Matthew 17 verse 20, Jesus told him, I'll tell you the truth. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain. Mustard seed, mountain. Mustard seed, biggest storm you've ever faced. Physical, spiritual, emotional. Mustard seed, mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. You and I need to throw just a little bit of faith into what God can do that's why we say everyone needs a God can in their life but we of course had a can we've got cans around the church and we say put your prayer request, what you can do into what God can do because you just need to put a little bit of faith you need to throw that anchor that seems so small and as you do it the biggest obstacles will be moved the biggest storms will come to an end the greatest lessons can still be learned. and that thing that seems stuck to your life as you soak it will be loosened in Jesus name and will leave your life maybe it's things that you're habitually stuck in with your sin say God I don't know how to do this get into his presence get into his word anchor yourself in Christ You guys want to stand up quickly? Come on, I don't know which storm maybe is something that you're facing or have faced, but why don't you just surrender to Him now and re anchor yourself in Christ. God, you've never left me. Thank you, Jesus. You're for me. If you're for me, you can be against me. God, I can trust in your promises. God, your purpose is greater than any storm or setback. God, and just a little bit of my faith right now in you, God, you can move mountains. You can do the impossible. I throw my anchor into you. My faith is in you. My hope is in you. You are the only sure hope, God. I thank you, God, that nothing is impossible for you. Thank you that you've gone ahead of me. God, you're leading me, you're guiding me. Thank you, Jesus. If you're in this place and you've never actually put your hope in Christ, what does it mean? Well, it's reordering your life. It's, it's actually saying, Jesus, you first. We always say this, Jesus has never come second, He's never come third. If He's not first in your list, it means He's not on your list. And and as you uh, put Him first in your list, you're anchoring your life in, in Him. You're saying, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Scripture says the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. It's a gift. You can't earn it, but you can receive it. And we receive it. Scripture says those who call on the name of the Lord, they'll be saved. As we call in His name, we not only receive salvation, we also call in His name to be the Lord of our life, to be first in our life, and we anchor our lives in Christ. We're reordering our life. If that's you, and you need to reorder your life, you need to ask Him to forgive you, and you need to put your hope in Christ. If that's you, just with every eye closed, I respect. I'd, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. All you have to say is that, count me in, lead me. I also want to pray that prayer. Count me in, Andre. If that's you, just give me a wave. God bless you. Anyone else? Just give me a wave. So that's me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Just say, that's me. God bless you. Awesome. God bless you. Let's, let's quickly pray as a church. Jesus, thank you for paying the price for my sin. Today, I want to receive a free gift of salvation I confess that I'm a sinner thank you that you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sin Jesus please be the Lord of my life I want to put you first in my life will you take the steering wheel of my life I don't want to drive anymore will you lead me I want to follow you Jesus I give my life to You. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's just thank Jesus. Can I ask everyone just to uh, look to your right? Um, you'll see a door that's open there. we got men and women counselors. If you put your hand up, we'd love for you to go there. Uh, somebody can pray with you. If you didn't put your hand up but you prayed, you can also go there. Or if you need prayer, you can go there. Please, if you want us to pray for you or pray for a family member or friend, why don't you fill out your God Can card and throw it in the bucket as you leave. If you are new, you can grab your first copy at the God Can banner. And then, of course, if you need any information, you can use our website or this card or go to the God Can banner. God bless you guys.